0: Hello, and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-Beauty expert, founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn, and explore the world of Korean skincare, and the founder of K-Beauty brand, Co. So I am very happy to have you back with me on the show for another episode and another new week. Uh, We've got a lot going on this week in the headlines, as in many other weeks. Uh, But what I thought I would do is just let you know a little bit of a change in the schedule for the show just for the remainder of the summer holiday period. Well, not necessarily holidays, but just for the summer. So I'm going to drop it back to one show a week, and there are a couple of reasons for that. But the main one just is that I have so many other things going on at the moment, and I really don't want to impact on the quality of the show and my ability to properly research everything and actually present you with, you know, facts and figures and all of the kind of things that I know that you guys love. Uh... And I just think I'm going to be able to do that a lot better if I have a little bit more time up my sleeves. And I know that a lot of people do tend to take a little bit of time off, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere around this time of year anyway, it being summer. So I thought, why don't we do that? We drop it back to one episode a week. So what I will do is the news headlines and all of the new stuff in the first week. And then in the second week, I will do our deep dive episode just for a couple of months to give everybody a chance to get. Outside, go and enjoy their summer holiday uh, or just enjoy the nice weather, uh, particularly if you're in a country that has, you know, four seasons and this is the only hot one you get. Uh, Let's do that. That way, I will have just a little bit more time up my sleeve. There's just a lot going on at the moment in uh, my business with obviously also the brand Uh, we have a lot coming up at the moment for Jellico there's a lot of stuff that I'm really excited to share with you guys that is on the horizon for the brand as well Uh, but all of that just means that I don't have as much time as I normally do and I really don't want to put out just substandard episodes uh, and just you know rush through everything so forgive me in advance that's what we're gonna do I hope that's okay with everyone I'm going to try and keep a regular posting schedule on, you know, TikTok and. Instagram and things like that. So if you're looking for a little bit more info in the meantime, please come and follow uh, the brands, Style Story and Jellico. We are also there and I am also hanging out as well. I am at lauren.kbeauty on Instagram. Uh, so lots of other places where you can keep up with news and things like that. I tend to uh, share on my Instagram stories anyway, just as it comes through. So if you are feeling a little bit like you want a little bit more K-beauty in your life, come and find me there. Uh, But anyway, let us jump into the headlines because I have quite a few interesting pieces of news for you this week. And the first one is that the Korea Health Industry Promotion Agency, so let's just call them the promotion agency, have announced the results of a survey that they recently conducted into overseas awareness in the health industry. So basically what they were doing was they were interviewing overseas consumers about their perceptions of the biohealth industry. So lots of different people from lots of different countries were actually surveyed uh, just to see where their general, I guess, perception Uh, is on a lot of different issues. So this wasn't specifically K-beauty related. They were looking at biohealth as an industry more broadly. And Korea, of course, is very active in the biohealth industry. They do a lot in the space uh, for, you know, research and development, particularly around manufacturing new drugs, new ingredients, all of this kind of thing. Like that industry in general is a lot bigger than just K-beauty or Korean cosmetics but there were, to my eyes anyway, some very interesting results. So first of all, in the survey about uh, consumers' perception, Korea was uh, listed as a leading country for cosmetics in particular rather than the other biohealth sectors. Uh, And cosmetics, Korean cosmetics ranked third among the other countries that were surveyed. There were 13 countries surveyed, so Korea was not the top one among overseas consumers' perceptions, but it was number three. The thing that surprised me a little bit, This, uh, uh, so first of all, I should clarify that in Asia, uh, Korean cosmetics were definitely interpreted as having a, a, an advantage over other global brands. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Korean cosmetics have a much longer history of being sold in Asia than in other countries overseas. That made sense to me. The thing that surprised me a little bit is that the cosmetics company that most people knew, most foreigners, I guess, knew, was actually LG Household and Healthcare. So 77.4% of the people surveyed said that they knew LG Household and Healthcare. And then the next, I guess, most well-known was Amore Pacific, which was up 53.2%, followed by Aekyong Industries, which was 35.6%, Cosmeca Korea, which was 33.5%. Uh, Cosmax, which was 295 VTGMP, which was 24.8%, and then Colmar Korea, which was 21.5%. Uh, so I found that personally to be interesting. I didn't think that LG household and healthcare would necessarily be the most well known, even though I get that LG like electronics. And, you know, their household appliances, I guess, like, they are very famous. But in the Korean cosmetics sector, that kind of surprised me. Uh, I'd be really interested to hear from you guys to know which one you think is actually the most famous. Uh, Do do you even recognize any of those names? Um, Aekyong, Cosmeca, Cosmax, Colmar? Uh, do, do you know these? That kind of uh, – ju- I, I guess it did. It, it, it surprised me a little bit to hear that they were that well-known, to be honest – Uh, And then in results that will shock absolutely nobody, there was a a degree of influence of Korean culture on product use decisions as well. So Korean culture, such as K-pop and movies, has had a great influence on overseas consumers. Six out of ten people answered that they buy and use products under the, int- the influence of Korean culture. This one, a little bit surprising potentially, is that medical devices were the most influenced by Korean culture, 80.6%. Yeah, that does surprise me. I don't know why. Medical devices, there you go. I wouldn't think that they were that promoted by like idols and groups and things like that but maybe they are maybe i'm i I must admit i'm not the hugest k-pop fan so maybe i'm the strange one maybe i'm out of the loop there that figure i found a, a little bit surprising not that people were influenced by korean culture on their product use decisions for some products that we sell, people come through and say that they bought it because they saw it on um, a K-drama. But I don't think that's the majority of our customers in particular. Uh, but in general, obviously, uh, among a lot of different cultures, this is a really big influence on you know them coming to know about Korean culture in the first place. So, by country... Southwest Asia, Southeast Asia, the U.S. and Australia showed a positive rate of more than 70% in response to the degree of influence of Korean culture on their product use decisions. So some very interesting results from the promotion agency's survey. And they actually outsourced the uh, survey itself to like a professional third party that conducts these surveys as their business. So it wasn't like the agency just had, you know, staff members asking people. Obviously, when it comes to things like surveys, it's really, really important that you get the questions right uh, so that you co- collect the proper statistics. There's a- definitely an art to it. It's not as easy as just standing out on the street and asking people random questions, which, you know, if you've ever seen. Some of those TikTok videos doing the rounds where people do that, they basically plant themselves like outside a subway station or something like that and ask people a bunch of questions. That obviously really sways the results because A, depending on where you stand, depending on which subway station you're at, you're going to get. A particular type of person that goes to that subway station or area. You know, it might Im- impact their age or whatnot. Certainly here in Korea, there are some subway stations and zones that tend a lot younger. So, if you're asking people there, you're going to get a very different range of opinions than if you were standing outside other subway station exits. Uh, so, anyway, this was a professionally conducted one. I thought that was very, very interesting. I am keen to hear from you guys whether this accords with or lines up with what you already know. Uh, So come and find me and let me know. Now, some other interesting news is that Manyo, who is the brand behind Manyo Factory, which is one of the big uh, domestically popular Korean beauty brands, they have announced that they intend to make an initial public offering, an IPO, to the secondary COSDAC market next month. What does this mean in layman's terms? It means they are intending to go public and become a publicly listed company. So this is pretty big news, I would say. Um, A lot of, particularly the smaller K-beauty brands, are privately held, which means that they don't have, you know, public shareholders that they need to answer to. uh, And it tends to be only the really, really big conglomerates. Not, not, Not always, but, like, the bigger companies tend to be the ones that are public. So what they have said is that they will offer Two million shares for public uh, subscription, and the price that they are targeting per share is between twelve thousand won and fourteen thousand won. So roughly around, I guess, around US maybe nine dollars, nine to eleven dollars, roughly. Uh, so, it is not a very old brand is the other thing. It was founded in 2012 uh, and they have uh, makeup and skincare. One of their really popular products on the moment is the Biome Toner. We actually do have that on the Star Story website. Uh, and they posted a net profit last year of $17.3 billion won and $101.8 billion won in sales. So, they're doing a lot of sales. Uh, Overseas in particular, they do very well in Japan as well. um, And that accounted for more than 50% of their company's total sales. They are planning to break into other foreign markets, including China, the US, and Europe. That's according to Yonhap News Agency in Korea. Uh, So there you go. Another K-Beauty company that has hit it big, and they are going public within not that long after launching. 2012, it's twenty twenty three now. So within 11 years quite impressive that they're doing that kind of, um, that many sales, that much sales, (laughs) whatever. You guys know what I mean. They're doing a lot. (laughs) Okay. Now the other really interesting piece of news that slid across my desk literally just yesterday that I know that the Aussies That listen to the show will be very keen to hear about is that Australia has just approved a new Korean anti wrinkle injection. This is big news for a couple of reasons. First, because this is the first time in 10 years that Australians have had a new injectable option on the market. Uh, and this is also one of the leading anti-wrinkle treatments in the cosmetics industry. Generally, it's the leader in Korea, and uh, it is a brand called Letibo. Letibo, which they they have anglicized in English. In um, in English in the alphabet to L-E-T-Y-B-O. Uh, so obviously as you would expect from an anti-wrinkle injection it is you know a replacement basically for Botox. It can help relax uh, wrinkles. Uh, it does have some other additional uses for example sweat problems, treating sweat problems, having to ease migraines, treating bladder issues and whatnot. So it was actually given the tick of approval to go ahead at the end of 2022 last year but now stock has hit the market uh and i have checked the tga records the sponsor for this one in australia is chroma australia proprietary limited and one of the reasons that this is a popular treatment uh, as opposed to other types of anti-wrinkle treatments is that it works quicker It works quicker than other existing products on the market. That's according to news.com.au. Now, I know that our U.S. listeners will be the ones wanting to know, okay, is this already in the States? Can we get a hold of it? I've checked this for you. The situation at the moment is that the drug is in the process of being approved in the U.S., Uh, by the FDA, it has hit a few snags. Uh, Basically, what's happened is that the FDA has requested additional documentation from the manufacturer in Korea. They were expecting that it would already be on the market at the moment in 2023, uh, but they were hit with an additional request for even more documents, basically. But Uh, I wouldn't be worried about that. This is already the leader around the world. It's accepted in approximately 44 countries. It is already available in Europe. I think it'll be only a matter of time before you guys get this one as well. Uh, But some good news for the Aussies uh, is that this is the first time in 10 years that we have had a new injectable option to treat wrinkles. So there you go. Uh, It is a Korean one. It is very popular. It is already being used in a lot of other markets and hopefully, fingers crossed, It will also be available in the US soon. So hopefully that was good news for a few of our listeners. If you are a fan of Botox and want to get your hands on some of the Korean stuff, a little bit of a fact that I can give you or something that you might find interesting is that in Korea... What normally happens is at any of the, uh, you know, the clinics or whatnot, they'll actually have a menu that people can choose from, whether they're doing, you know, filler or Botox or anything, and they divide it by price into the domestic options and then the foreign options. So, for pretty much everything, uh, you know, you can choose between paying for, for example, the branded uh, stuff or the local domestic stuff, and the local domestic stuff is literally always cheaper. Uh, that's just a little bit of uh, facts for you. If you're thinking about going to a clinic here or wanting to have anything done, that will be one of the options that they ask you is, do you want imported stuff or do you want local domestic stuff? Uh, so if you haven't already heard of this bow, that might be one that you might want to ask your doctor about if you're going to have something done. Now, before I jump into this week's question of the week, I did just wanted to remind everyone that we are having our end of financial year sale. EFS is on at the moment. It ends on the 30th of June. So if you haven't already checked that out or if you haven't already picked up a bargain, go and do that now. We've got a whole range of different discounts and offers. We've got some products on two for one, uh, which is basically buy one product at full price and you'll get the other one free. And then we've got literally so many different discounts on a whole range of products. And we are adding more, Uh, every few days as well so go and check that out it ends on the 30th of june which is of course the end of the financial year in australia that is why we are are having this sale in the first place it's to try and clear our warehouse so that we do not have any excess stock on us so that we do not have to count it all at the end of the financial year that's the point of the sale so go and check that out if you haven't already Now, for our question of the week, we actually had a customer come through and she had tried uh, the April B EGF facial essence product. And she was a big fan of it. She really, really enjoyed it. And that sort of prompted her to go, well, hang on a minute. If this product is this good, what else is on the market in K-beauty? I'm keen to try some new stuff out, but I just need some pointers. I need some tips. I'm not 100% sure what I should be using. Like, what are the steps of the routine? What would you recommend for mature skin that is starting to dry out? So, that's a really great question and this is also how a lot of people start sort of dipping their toes in the water. They will try one product, they will fall in love with it and then they'll go, well, hang on a minute, what else am I missing out on? So first things first, I think when you are talking about expanding your routine, rather than going and buying, you know, 50 new products all at once, I think I would be very targeted about it and just work out what it is that you actually need. My favorite way, and this is the way I actually introduce any new product into my routine, is I only do it when something else runs out. Now, I get that sometimes you want to try and make the most of free shipping limits and all of that sort of thing. Totally get it. You can definitely buy them and then just introduce them slowly over a couple of weeks. The key steps, I really think, for uh, mature skin, and particularly skin that is starting to dry out, are the double cleanse. I just think this is such a key uh, step for people that are starting to experience all of these kind of things because nothing that you put on afterwards is going to make much difference if the skin isn't already clean and uh, you know ready to go so the most important thing is to make sure that you are choosing options that will keep the moisture in your skin we actually have a double cleansing duo on our site which I will link to and that is the perfect way it is a really good option for people that do have mature skin as well a lot of our customers that love this set have mature skin and they rave about it particularly the cleansing balm in that set is a very, very luxurious feeling and it is perfect for dry skin. For your toner, I know a lot of people don't see the importance of toner, but I really think that this is one step that helps to prep your skin to better absorb your next layers of skincare. And I am constantly testing this theory out too, particularly when I am testing new products, trying to work out how they work. For example, at the moment, I am testing a new serum and it is very, very hydrating. It is a thicker style of serum that's, uh, you know, specifically formulated for uh, dry and disordered skin. And I, because it is so thick and rich, I've tried it a couple of different ways to see whether I get better results applying it straight to dry skin or to skin that has been prepped properly. And without a doubt, I can say that this kind of thing just sinks in, absorbs so much better, and the skin just really drinks it all up after I have applied toner with it. And that's one of the reasons that I am such a fan of the hydrating style toners. I just think they really do make a difference. They're not the same as the the ones that we used to use back in the day. They were really like stinging and astringent, and they do just really prep the skin so that everything you put on after, you're not wasting anything. The steps you put on after your toner tend to to be the more expensive ones so if that isn't a rounding endorsement for using a hydrating style toner i do not know what is uh, for uh dry skin for any type of skin really uh, our best seller is our jelly co Glazed glaze toner and that's just because it's so versatile the texture just melts into the skin it works really well for a lot of different skin types if you are the type of person that likes to uh, do the seven skins method this is really great for it you just do the first step with your cotton pad and then every other step no matter how many i guess skins you want to do in your seven skins you can just keep going with your hands after that Uh, so if you're not getting the level of hydration after a single step Just keep going. I guarantee you, you'll get there. It's very, very hydrating. And we made it so big because we were anticipating that that's how people would use it. So, it's actually 155 grams. For people that don't use it like that, they are finding it lasts them up to a year, like a long, long time if you're not using that much of it. Uh, But for people that do like to use it like that, that's the best way to do it. Now, because this customer was already so happy with the EGF Essence, uh, I think that makes no sense to change that up. That's actually a really beautiful combination of texture and ingredients for mature skin. So if you are similar to this customer looking for something like that, I can highly recommend it. Uh, Now, serums. Serum is definitely something I think that mature skin types can benefit from, and particularly people with dry skin. The thing is, and this is where it can get a little confusing, there are so many different style of serum on the market in K-Beauty, particularly when it comes to supporting aging skin. There are so many different ways you can go with it. You can opt for a brightening style serum. You can go for uh, something that maybe has some really gentle natural exfoliants in it. Uh, I think you need to sort of decide what you would like to try, but the options are endless. One that I would recommend to people if they are thinking about something like this, um, the Tosorong Bacuchiol serum is beautiful, very beautiful. It doesn't dry out the skin. Um, I can recommend that, particularly if you would like to incorporate some natural exfoliants. April B also has one called AHABHA PHA Glutathione, I think, Ample Serum, another really beautiful option for something like that. Uh, and then Moisturizer, that's the pretty like key steps of any kind of um, mature skin routine. Moisturizer, obviously, our number one best selling product at the moment is Bubble Tea Steam Cream, and that product is perfect for. Dry skin, it's perfect for aging skin, for mature skin. Um, It is just a product that works well for so many different skin types. Probably the only one I don't think it works very well for is oily, uh, and that's just because it's lovely and rich and it really does lock everything in. Uh, But for the oilier skin types, they just don't need something that heavy. Uh, So If you do have uh, oily skin or it's, you know, the middle of summer, it might not be the best fit. But for pretty much everyone else, this is the number one selling product on our site for a reason. Uh, The reviews this uh, they speak for themselves in fact the reviews are so good that sometimes we get comments on social media from people like i don't trust them i don't trust it there's no way that they can all be this good and you know they're all from paying paying customers they're all verified customers uh we definitely don't sit there and write them ourselves we just don't need to um You know, customers do that for us. Uh, But that's how good the reviews are that I think people are sometimes a little bit suspicious. They're like, ah, it can't be that good. Uh, I'm obviously very biased, but it's a pretty good product. Try it out if you are looking for something like that. Uh, Then in the morning, obviously, you would apply your SPF 50 plus. And optional steps for mature skin are things like your eye cream, things like sleeping masks. There's a whole lot of other things you can do. But if you're really just starting out and you're starting to build your routine out, that's what I would start with. A good toner, an essence, a serum, and a moisturizer. Your SPF in the morning, and then obviously your cleansers. A um, double cleanse at night. I think they are um, really good basic steps to incorporate into your routine. They are the kind of things that I, I recommend to my mum and my aunts, for example, as like what I would suggest that they do. Uh, so I, I'm happy to make the same suggestion to our customers as well, and to you guys if you're looking to build out a routine. I think that's a good place to start. Now, we have also had a couple of new releases recently that I haven't had a chance to introduce you guys to. Uh, So sheet masks. We've had to introduce uh, some new sheet masks. And the reason is so many brands are cancelling their sheet masks at the moment. So many of our really steady sellers have been cancelled by the brands. And I think it's because more and more people these days are opting for their sleeping masks and things like that. But that's not to say that there aren't some people or some occasions when you really just do feel like doing a sheet mask. So we've introduced a few more options for people just because some brands are are discontinuing theirs. So what I do have for you, I've got the I Do Care Let's Do This. And this is a set of five different masks. It's a mix and match thing so that you can try a few different ones out. Uh, So go and check that out. It comes in a box set. It's always fun to try out some different options that's one for you the other one is the beauty of joson centella asiatic uh, asiatica calming mask box set of 10 so these masks have 15% of centella asiatica which as you will know if you've been listening to the show for a while is a great option for soothing the skin it's also got green tea extract mugwort three types of hyaluronic acid Um, So lots of different options in there and they're all very nicely priced as well. So if you are a person that does enjoy your sheet masks still, uh, we have some options for you there. We were just noticing like more and more of the products that we have been selling for years are just disappearing from the market. So time to get some new ones on. Um, I think that is a little bit of a global trend, to be honest, that people are not using as many sheet masks, certainly as they once did. But I, for one, it's not, I, I certainly don't use them in my weekly skincare routine anymore. Uh, I generally just tend to go with something like a sleeping mask. But there are times when I, you know, wake up or whatnot and I'm like, I really just do need to use uh, a sheet mask. So, I think it's good to have a couple in your stash. I certainly do, uh, even if you're not using them as often as you once did. But this is a global trend that I have been noticing and I think a lot of brands are feeling the same thing as well. Uh, I've noticed over the years that brands are doing less and less sheet masks. You know, once upon a time, brands used to launch with a sheet mask as like their first uh, product. And I think that's kind of changing. Not for everyone, not for every brand, but definitely as a trend in general, I have noticed this over the years. Now, let us go and have a look at one of my favorite segments, which is why did you buy this? Where we ask our customers why they bought a particular K-Beauty product and they tell us. So, the first one we had... Uh, customer let us know it was for Hamish's Bulgarian Rose Mist Serum. And she said, I bought this because I've bought it before and I really loved it. So very good answer. Very good reason. Uh, And then another customer let us know that she bought COSRX's Good Morning Gel Cleanser because My one of this is running out. (laughs) Again, I think everyone's just stocking up here. Uh, The last one we got feedback for, for was the Beauty of Joseon Green Plum Refreshing Cleanser. And this customer said, I needed a new night cleanser. And this one seemed similar to others I've tried and loved. So there you go. Some very honest answers from people about why they are buying particular products and all faultless. You can't really fault anyone for for buying products they've tried and loved before or buying something that looks similar to other things on the market. Great reasons. Thank you, everyone that shared their thoughts with us. Uh, Now, I also have a recommendation for you for this week. So for many of our listeners, you will be moving into summer. Uh, It is certainly getting hot and sweaty over here. I am currently recording this without the air con on because the air con just if it gets into the um, mic, it just makes the sound quality really bad. So I'm kind of sweating it out here because it's getting hot in Korea. We are moving up into like the 30 degrees Celsius this week. Uh, which, you know, you start to feel it, just everything just getting a little bit stickier. So one of the things that a lot of people love to eat at this time of the year here in Korea is a dish called and it literally means cold noodles. And I know that cold noodles are served in, you know, a lot of different countries. I remember when I lived in Italy, in summer we would eat cold pasta. But this is a little bit different because it is actually served here in Ice, so it's cold, but there's also actual ice in it. Uh, and usually, it's quite a, a basic dish. I think I can say that, and I don't mean that in an insulting way, but I just mean in terms of the presentation and what is actually included in it. Essentially, it's buckwheat noodles served with winter radish kimchi broth, and the noodles are then usually topped uh, with with something, usually some pickled vegetables, served with uh, some of the, the hot um, pepper paste that you can, uh, like, you know, add into it if you like. This is a meal that not everyone will appreciate. I think that's safe to say, the whole having ice in your noodles thing. Um it's maybe a little bit of an acquired taste, but at this time of the year, it is an absolutely refreshing dish. Uh, If you've been hiking, if you've been out and about on a hot day, a lot of people love just sitting down and eating this here. If you haven't tried it before, I would definitely recommend uh, going and checking out and seeing if your local Korean restaurant will have it. It's such a favorite and it's such a comfort food for a lot of people. It actually originally comes from Pyongyang in North Korea, Um, uh, so you know, I'm, I'm sure North Koreans probably still eat it as well. Uh, but there are a lot of really famous restaurants here in Seoul still to this day. A lot of them were actually, uh, you know, started originally by people that found themselves on the wrong side of the 38th parallel after the war, uh, and they wanted to, you know, make the the food of their people, the, the the dishes that they used to eat from their their hometown. So you can still find a lot of places that serve sort of traditional North Korean style food, uh, but this one is definitely a summer favorite if you haven't tried it definitely do i think it's an interesting one to experience uh so yeah i thought i would share that because i don't think i've shared that one with you guys before and if you do end up trying it you'll have to let me know what you think i know cold pasta in general cold noodles isn't for everyone but i think this is one of those ones that if it is summer where you are right now try it out and just see what you think see if you think that this is something that you could get used to eating because people do love it it's like an obsession to eat this this name uh particularly in summer i think that most places serve it all year a lot of places serve it all year you can definitely still find it but yeah summer is obviously for obvious reasons (laughs) a good time of the year to eat it so i'm gonna finish up here for today i will be back in your ears then next week with another new episode for you and until then i will see you on style story